It's a bitch hunt. 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 We're live, baby. Hello. Live from Northfield, Minnesota. You guys were going to say where you were. Live from, from Madison, Wisconsin. Northfield, Minnesota. Wait a second. Wait you, a second. Are you in Ted's basement again, Luke? Yep. Well, I'm sleeping in Ted's childhood bed. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, where's Ted sleeping? In his basement. Oh, okay. That That's all weird. I'm, I'm this actually... is actually... Oh. Is it Ted's birthday today? His birthday is May 21st, I think. So, no, not at all. <laughs> it was the day that... that it's he was March 25 to... right now, so that's pretty close. <laughs> that's pretty close. No, no. It yeah, may you're, be, you're I think it's right. May something. May not be the 21st. It, maybe like the 25th. I, yeah, because I, I think, think he's it's... the youngest of the crew, isn't he? Mm, isn't there somebody who has a June... No. I think Dylan does, if you, if you count him as part his of the birthday crew. Is, his birthday is April 8th. Oh, April. Okay. Yeah, See, I, 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 I done it too. I done it too. <laughs> I don't know anybody's birthday. Today was the day that our dear friend and co-pitcher Ted was going to move to New York. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, before it's all a, this madness should, went down. I should give him a text. I'll do, do that it, right give now. Give him a text right now. Yeah. And then as if he listens to this episode... He will be able to get a throwback to the moment when Will texted him. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ted, I'm texting you live on the podcast. Ted, what should I I I say? I thought you were dictating what you were texting him. (laughs) Uh, No, I mean, I was just kind of dictating what I was doing on my phone interface. What should I say to him, boys? Hey, Ted, hope you're hanging in there. I know you were supposed to move to New York today. Um, but let's stay in touch over the coming months, and I miss you, buddy. And uh, please remember the special sauce the next time you deliver Hogan Brothers to Jacob. You know what a Hogan Brothers sandwich would go well with, Jacob? Some cold, very sparkling coffee. Let us tell you a story, listeners. A cautionary tale, if you will. <laughs> Uh, so Luke and I were just talking about this and realized that we hadn't talked about it on the podcast. So when I was, uh, visiting him in Austin over New Year's, uh, we went shopping a couple times. And one of the times that we went shopping, I was going to get myself some coffee because I, uh, I quite enjoy coffee and Luke and his girlfriend are not coffee people really. Um, and so we were in the coffee aisle and looking at the various, you know, iced coffees and, you know, various coffee-based products that they had available. And uh, one thing that struck, I think, both of our eyes was this product that neither of us had seen before, which was uh, sparkling coffee, carbonated coffee. Oh, my God. And not only that, but it was made by a company that I have... Uh, had good experiences with coffee-wise in the past. Um, so we thought, you know, this is an exciting thing. Maybe this is a little gateway coffee product for for Luke and Taryn, uh, and I'll get them to like coffee as well. So we bought, like, four a of lot them? of it. Yeah, four, We bought, like, four six, tall boys. <laughs> four tall boys <laughs> of sparkling coffee in various flavors. There was, like, 
mocha and I think vanilla and maybe just a, a one regular one. Um, and I was, I was pleased with this. I was ple- really pleased with this purchase and I was excited to try it out. Um, and so I think maybe the next morning, uh, as I was getting ready for the, the day's activities, uh, I cracked one of those bad boys open. Uh, and as I, I, I have really no words to describe what the experience was like, <laughs> but uh, well, as I was telling Luke, I think that this is evocative enough. The, the mere memory of, of tasting that first sip of this sparkling coffee made me feel like I needed to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> like it was the most foul thing I have ever tasted in my life. And that's not, I don't think that's an exaggeration. It was Luke. so, so bad. It was so bad that we looked up reviews online to see if maybe yeah. we got a tainted batch. And there were other people reviewing the product being like, this is putrid. I definitely got a tainted can. <laughs> <laughs> that was like everybody who, who had posted a review online. So th- it's interesting that you should say this. Uh, maybe I'm doing a category error here, but I... Yeah used to work at a tech company up until about three or four months ago. Sure. And they had these little coffee carts. And one of the options, and I think you can go to kind of bougie coffee places and also see this, is is nitro coffee, which is essentially just coffee on tap served to you as though it were beer. Like yes. they run it run it through some some nit- nitrous what nitrate. Some NAS. Some Nas, Nas. Yeah. yeah, probably Nas, and <laughs> then it it kind of they give you a nice heady pour of coffee, and I've tried that a couple of times, and I do not care for it. Though I do know people who legitimately like it because I guess that they're they they've just shot their taste buds even more than I've shot my taste buds in terms of the bitter end of the spectrum, and they just like enjoy that like really crisp like all of the like bitter acid notes of the coffee. Yeah. In, in addition to the the carbonation, you know, um, so is it is it like genuinely is it like quite effervescent? It's 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 decently effervescent. I mean, it's not no, it's not like as bad as like it's not like sparkling water or anything right. like that. It's like it's kind of like a beer, you know, like a, a maybe a little bit less heady than a beer. A nice sort of you know, I I, I frothy pour. I think that that is it's not a category error. But it is not the experience that that we had. I don't think um, because this was. I, I love I love something bitter. I, I I love that end of the spectrum. When I used to drink uh, the IPA was my was my go to because I really came to appreciate the bitter end of the spectrum. But this what we what we drank was not bitter. It was it was it tasted sour. like yeah sparkling curdled milk or something. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was it real was bad. Straight up sour. But it, you know what, Jacob. Yeah, I would say overall mission accomplished on your end because now I appreciate the taste of coffee more. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> yeah, I, can, I mean, compared to that, I can stomach it no problem. <laughs> that, that's true. Maybe like the key was starting at the the worst possible coffee beverage and then work here. Well, the thing is, within probably twenty four hours of that you went from the worst possible coffee tasting beverage to the best tasting possible coffee flavored beverage um, in that Thai coffee that we got from that, that food Thai cart, coffee is so fucking which was like good, dude. The most delicious thing I have ever experienced in my life. It was really good. Yeah. I, and, I, I, I will. I'm Thailand. sure. You, yeah. Uh, 
but now I don't live in Thailand anymore. But up until about seven years ago, I lived in Thailand for a year. <laughs> uh, and yeah, the, they, they, they just like brew. I mean, it's essentially like espresso, but they, um, it's like an Americano with like a ton of, um, a ton of condensed c- milk, condensed milk. Yeah. yeah. And, and it just, it's the most delicious thing. I mean, condensed milk is just a, a real flavor yeah. enhancer. Let me tell it, you, it really I, it's kind of weird that people don't use it here very much. Like I, yeah, standardly. I, don't know, I don't know why it's, it's like melted ice cream. It's yeah. so delicious. It is, it is insanely good. Any any listeners out there who have not had a Thai coffee before, try to get yourself an yeah. authentic exp- Thai coffee experience. When Liz and I were in, it'll um, change your life. We're we're in Portland a couple weekends ago. We found a Thai brunch place, which was such oh. a novel and excellent idea that like Thai breakfast food is actually really really good, and I feel like it's not on the menu on a lot Tell- of. Yeah, tell me a little bit more about that, because I don't know that I've ever had a Thai breakfast. There's this thing, you know, if you can get deep into a good Thai restaurant menu, um, and you can find something called joke, it'll probably be, like, anglicized as, like, J-O-K or something like that. Uh And it's essentially, it's like a porridge. It's like a rice rice porridge, Hmm. kind of like maybe... close to like a tap maybe between a tapioca and a grits but they've got like it's got like usually they'll have like beef meatballs or something in there and they'll crack it they'll crack an egg in there um and then they'll put like there'll be like sprouts and um you know all the good sort of like thai noodle fixings in there sure uh and it is like just it's unbelievable it's got like the coziness of of breakfast food but like the intense beautiful flavor of like any sort of thai food you know yeah, it's it's yeah. really 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 good so the 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 base like the the porridge is is that sweet or savory it's savory but okay. like mm. it's 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 mild enough that it, you like if there are thai people I know who like to put sugar in there uh-huh. and there are Thai people I know who like to put like soy sauce and chili flakes in there. Gotcha. And like, gotcha. you can, you can kind of make what you will of the experience, you know, it sounds incredible. It does sound it's, really good. It's really, really good. It's one of my favorite Thai things. Just in a, per, at the perfect time when none of us can probably get authentic <laughs> Thai food. Yeah. And I'm sure that you would be hard pressed to find a Thai place that can deliver porridge yeah. to you <laughs> yeah but yeah all right folks this is the uh the t- the text to ted that i i've i've done i'm gonna read it out to you it hey ted us. hope you're hanging in there i know you're supposed to move to new york today but let's stay in touch over the coming months and make the most of this odd situation also remember to add the special socks the next time you make jacob a hoagie beautiful that is like oddly formal and makes it sound <laughs> like you you don't like see ted regularly but uh do yeah it. <laughs> do it i'm just i'm just gonna do, i'm just gonna do that sent just, at 12 just, 10 p.m at uh on march 25th good on you willie yeah well you know what's not oddly formal the movie airplane <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not it's a wacky wild ride guys that is a great segue it's god i feel like after this this intro that we've done, I really want to do some food-based pitches, but we've already uh, we've made a decision, which is well, why of, not both? <laughs> let's do sure, yeah, yeah. Why not both? All right, 
I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the interruption. Go ahead, Luke. Yeah, that was it. That was my whole segue. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So what we're doing this week, and and, I, and you guys are going to have to help me through this because I'm not exactly sure the of the full repertoire of these these fellows, but they're brothers, right? So there there's a three a three man team that we are uh, pitching this week, and it is Zucker, Abrams, and Zucker, and the Zuckers are brothers. Um, David and Anthony. That doesn't seem right. It David doesn't matter. S- David and something, and then somebody Abrams. Um, probably JJ. They, probably, <laughs> probably JJ. This is how he got his start as like a ten-year-old in the eighties. Um, but yeah, they they made a, a a great number of some of the best, just goofy slapstick comedies, satire sort of parodies. Um, of all time, including the airplane movies, the Naked Gun movies, um, Top Secret, which was a favorite of ours in high school. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones, but I think those are those the are the main big ones. ones. Those are the big ones that they're known for. Just all, each one of them, absolute comedy classic, comedy gold that I think are very influential for some of the the more goofy slapstick style movies that are made these days, which. I don't think are made as much these days. Yeah. And this is something that we, we discussed. We The three of us remotely watched uh, Naked Gun two and a half together a couple days ago. And it just it just delighted the pants off of us. Because it is it's this goofy, just kind of irreverent, goofy joke a second style that uh it's kind of rare a rare breed these days. Yeah. And the thing that's delightful about them is like it doesn't really matter how good they are because it's not about the movie at all. It's about the silly gags. It's about the silly gags, yeah. And I think I think a huge key to it all is Leslie Nielsen. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you to... So those movies are a bit of a dying breed, but they still pop up every now and then. Right. Like, you got Scary Movie, that whole franchise. You've got, like, movies that make fun of Twilight and stuff like that. But so kind of, where have they gone astray? Well, the thing is, for a long time, they were really monopolized by the people who made, like, Scary Movie, the Scary Movie franchise. Well, I think that the Zuckers were involved in that. Oh, were they? Actually, yeah. At least in those, a couple of them. Because those were really bad, is the thing. Like the, the Scary Movies aren't... There are some that are decent in those. But I, I would agree that, like, the majority of those... Because there is a, a spate of movies, like epic movie and disaster mm-hmm. movie and like vampire movie i think was the twilight one where movie they were just 43 abs- movie 43 just absolute garbage like the lowest form and you know what i say this without having really watched any of them <laughs> so it's possible that the spirit is still alive but i th- i think their rotten tomato scores are not impressive yeah, they're, so they're critically panned, but I, I don't know. I think that I think that like Airplane and Naked the Naked Gun movies were probably critically pretty well received. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I don't actually yeah. know though. I'm sure Airplane, at least in retrospect, is very well received. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna look up. I'll see if I can find some reviews from the time. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I think that the, maybe these days they're seen as kind of like low hanging fruit. Yeah, I mean the Naked Gun 
was was loved by critics. Um, so I think I we are in a, in a, in a new sort of era of humor. Yeah, we've we've gotten we've gotten less irreverent and more humanist. I feel in our humor takes, or is maybe it, that's just me growing up. Is and it becoming... more humanist or like more kind of calculated? Well, that too. I mean, I think that they're they definitely are more pandering these days, perhaps. But now yeah. is the perfect time for a return. Yeah, because look at the culture of meme humor right now. Yeah, that's. Like, it's not very calculated, it's low-hanging fruit, but people love it. People mm-hmm. do love it, but the danger is, if you, if you use, if you made a movie that used, like, anything current when it comes to memes, it's outdated within two weeks, or within, like, a month. And so I think that there have been some movies that have tried to do that. Like, notably, I think the Emoji movie kind of tried, <laughs> tried to capture that, that spirit, but it, it is so, it, it's so fast moving and so nonsensical that, you know, anything, any, any, anything that's hot and new is going to be out of date, like, yeah. like years or months before the movie actually comes out. And when a movie comes out that tries to capture something that was funny and cool, a year earlier it seems just like yeah. just deeply lame <laughs> and per- <laughs> like, and perhaps, that's true yeah perhaps since the world is so absurd right now the the absurdness of the the zucker abram zucker movies are less uh novel i don't know i i no, i absolutely think that there's something to that because I, mean, I know that like satire writers and and like things like saturday night live struggle in time to- in such an, in times like now because the real world is so just like it, it is in many ways it feels like satirical it's like our president is like a caricature of a terrible terrible rich person yeah. um he is just like so absurd absurdly horrible that it, it's hard to it's hard to lampoon that because he does such a good job of it himself not to yep. get political but we're gonna try <laughs> But well, we're gonna try, and we're gonna do a great job, guys. Golly gee, dang it, we're gonna try. <laughs> we are realizing the daunting task that is ahead of us. Yeah, and none of us but, prepared yeah. this week. And none, so, none, none of us, of us prepared. prepared. Well, we're just we we be spitting pitches left and right now. It's hard to. Fortunately, we've we've spent twenty of our twenty minutes of our hour. I've done I've <laughs> done sixteen this. pitches in the last couple days already. That's true. <laughs> Sixteen and two thirds. <laughs> Let's make that seventeen and two thirds. It's not all right. It's a whole. Do lot you guys want me to to jump on this on this grenade? You're the most well prepared <laughs> for for the current situation, Will. So yeah, take the moment, and run with it. All right. So this movie is going to be about a member. Oof. I I'm I am boy. I, I'm like really, really doubting myself here, but you know, I'm just gonna go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm, I just want to let the li- listeners at home know that I'm saying this with great trepidation. Okay, <laughs> this is gonna be about a rank and file, boots on the ground member of our United States' immigration and custom enforcement agency. Oh boy! All right, <laughs> all right. So. I, uh, hey, that's bold. I love it. Well, this this agency, uh, more col- colloquially known in in the 
to to us all as ice uh basically is now in charge of finding undocumented immigrants and throwing them in detention and then putting them in immigration court and and deporting them from the country they are greatly uh reviled among a lot of people in this country including myself uh-huh. but the yep. thing about this rank and file member is he's just trying to earn a paycheck and he's also kind of a little bit uh he's he's apolitical let's put it that way he he he's just he's just kind of uh he 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 was he's like the the typical like hot fuzz type character where he just wants to be a cop but he can't quite be a cop so he's he got this instead you know so so are kind of like a, a Danny Butterman type Danny Butterman Nick Frost's character yeah 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 just yeah like yeah, kind yeah, of a yeah. bumbling idiot I'm very surprised like very impressed that you actually remember the names of those Dude, characters this hot fuzz as I think I've said before is perhaps my favorite movie of all time so it's very good okay that's that's fair <laughs> um so he uh much in naked gun 33 wait it's not 33 and a third is it two that's and a half thir- that's the third one that's the third oh third. i yeah. get it so yeah. it's just sort of like uh it's approaching infinity and one infinity if the series sure anyway so <laughs> it's got a long way um, to go but it's yeah, getting yeah. there <laughs> so far they made it up to 33 and a third um so uh where are we going with this okay so he is similar to uh that character um in that Leslie Nielsen's character and that he he's like very bumbling, but all of his klutziness kind of saves the day. Sure. I mean, it also causes a lot of uh, collateral damage and suffering uh, in, in a slapstick kind of manner. Yes. But like he saves the day now. Now, I know what you're thinking. What is how does an ice agent save the day? Well, I have some I have some. Thoughts. You have some thoughts. You have some thoughts. I'm not going to lay it on you, though. You're not going to lay it on me. You're going to no. be. Co- you're going to be withholding. I <laughs> I'm see. Be withholding, okay. Yes. You got to so, do all the work, Willie. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I'm going to. I'm, I'm carrying this across the finish line, folks. <laughs> Are we getting do, close to that point already? You've just well, started. <laughs> it's been three minutes. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Uh, ice, like, while while they're. Um, their core mission is despicable and evil. Um, they are boots on the ground law enforcement officers, and so they can stumble across illicit activity, quite evil activity, um, without like doing evil deportationy stuff. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that that's kind of be kind of going to be what my my movie's about, where they're uh, in a pre- predominantly Latino community. Um, and they are trying to, uh, find and check people's immigration status. However, um, they stumble upon this, uh, there's this factory, this like extremely, uh, big, imposing, uh, dirty factory that's like, uh, very prominent in this neighborhood. What do they produce? Uh, they produce um they produce chemicals they're sort of a chemical company uh they're like dow you know what i mean sure. they're like they're just sort of like a generic um like the kind of shit that they make will eventually go into uh 
plastics and pharmaceuticals. I mean, they're just kind of like a wholesale chemical company. Um, yeah, the, yeah. the movie does not do a very, very good job of explaining what they actually do, other than that they're, they're very evil and they're polluting. <laughs> right? Sure, 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 yep. sure, sure, sure. Um, so Ice uh, is, is like hanging out in this neighborhood and they think that they've spotted an undocumented immigrant and they, they give chase. Uh, there's like a, a foot chase. Uh, and then they like are running through the neighborhood and they stumble upon this stream. And one of the agents, not our main character falls in the stream, probably due to the main character's own clumsiness, you know, sure. like he, he, uh, is, uh, gesticulating madly, uh, maybe like really, really trying to like, uh, get his uniform properly on because he's like half naked. Uh oh, got to get your uniform on, right? So he gets his uniform on and he's like pulling really, really hard at his belt and he like recoils and knocks the other person over a bridge into the water, right? Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, and then uh, the person comes out of the water and is like a weird, like fish human now, like he's been genetically mu- mutated awesome. because of this. Yep this water so then um so then there's like a series of visual gags where this guy he's like a a very like um itinerant uh, very uh passionate ice member and and he's got a lot of like dignity and so he he doesn't want to like let everybody know that he's been transformed into a fish person even though it's like very (laughs) obvious to the audience that he is now a fish person so there's a series of like visual gags where he's like trying to obscure his gills and things like that you know yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um but uh eventually like basically for the first like 45 minutes to an hour of this movie there's like increasing like clear goings on like it may is made very clear to the audience that like there's just like this this company this uh factory has wreaked like environmental havoc on this community and and there's and there's like clearly like also like a lot of corruption going on uh you might have like a local politician who uh is being bought off um and you might have uh some other like federal agents like like maybe the environmental protection agency comes in there uh which is 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 rick perry still no he he was energy i don't know there's he someone was energy yeah um i don't even know if there is an environmental protection agency anymore yeah it's probably it's been i'm sure it's been been uh it's been slashed. Their budget's been there's slashed. Some, there's some, like, clearly corrupt EPA official who's, like, um, doing his best to, like, just turn the other way as all of this happens. Right. And, uh, but uh, but our, our ICE members are, like, ostensibly still, like, really, really tracking the case of, like, gotta find this uh, undocumented immigrant who ran away, right? And but they just kind of stumble into this giant conspiracy, and eventually, like it dawns on them, like in the most obvious possible way. Like there's there's maybe a scene where like, um, they're kind of like this is they're like in the factory searching for this guy, because uh, they think that he ran into the factory to hide, and they see like a bunch of workers who are like 
dumping sludge into the lake, into, into the water supply, and they see, like, uh, this, like, toxic sludge kind of these like you know that that classic like toxic like radioactive symbol oh yeah yeah. um they they see like a bunch of like big vats big like uh you know oil drums of that basically sure uh going into uh going into a fat like into a big machine (laughs) and then like and then out of the conveyor belt like there's like like a bunch of cheeseburgers or something (laughs) (laughs) you know like like they just like make it like there's this like incredibly um like this this parade of sight gags that basically make it very explicit that that they're poisoning like not only this neighborhood but like the entire country with their tainted products and yeah that's bad like that's real and it's also there's also like it's also like done in like a like a very like this is capitalism sort of way like you see like people on the like politicians being bribed like right on the on, on the, the work factory floor, floor. You know, <laughs> on the factory floor and stuff and then you know? those politicians are turned into hamburgers yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, maybe there's like sort of one of those like hallway scooby-doo gags where like everything gets mixed up and they're chasing the immigrant and then the immigrant is chasing them and like you know what i mean like yeah absolutely the the, the monkeys start playing or whatever that song like the yeah um Anyway, um, eventually, uh, the, the ICE agent, uh, our, our hero, uh, figures out all of this corruption and, uh, decides that it's his new mission to stop it. And Fishboy is, like, still very, like, focused on capturing this one undocumented immigrant, but he, uh, eventually gets exposed for the fish that he is and gets thrown into a giant human-sized tank and, wow, that's incredibly cruel. And then through, and then through, um, through klutziness and grit, uh, he's able to. There's maybe like a super smoking hot reporter that is trying to like also bust this case. You know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and he teams up with her, and um, you know that there's going to be a long, extremely funny sex scene at some point. Uh, but then so this basically just of, becomes the shape of water. <laughs> yeah, it basically becomes the shape of water. No, it doesn't. It do- well, I haven't seen that movie, but I, based on all the memes I've seen about it, it doesn't. But um, I think that, yeah, uh, eventually these two are going to save the day. And um, even though the politicians won't do anything about it, the, the public outcry is so great that uh, the... CEO gets thrown in jail and the uh everything is is brought back together again and the and he like this this ice agent un like unwittingly becomes sort of the hero of this town and you know is they elected mayor. they they like paint a giant mural of him or something like that yeah. I, no, I, th- I think that's <laughs> It was really great, Will, uh, but one question I think remains on everybody's mind. What happens to Fishboy? Fishboy, well, Fishboy, I think that the reason why I threw him in the in the tank is it's kind of like an irony. Like, instead of oh. throwing people in detention, he gets thrown in detention himself. He, and, thinking... and, and maybe, like, in the final musical number, like, they're, like, 
like feeding pellets to him, like little fish pellets to him. And he's like happily eating them up because he's becoming more and more fish by the hour. You know, (laughs) I think it could either his fate could either be that, or he gets released into the sea and is promptly caught in a fishing net and turned into a canned tuna. (laughs) That would be dark, but I mean, it would still fit with, with, uh, with the tone of the whole, there, there would be, there would be happy music playing over it. So it'd be played for laughs. Yeah. (laughs) Just the bumblebee tuna jingle. Yeah. It's, it's so catchy, you know? <laughs> I don't know it, but I can imagine. Listeners, look it up. Sing it for me, Luke. You'll love it. It goes, yum, yum, bumblebee, bumblebee tuna. I love bumblebee, bumblebee. Something like that. I do know that, actually. That, that sounds familiar. Now that you've sung it. Bumblebee tuna. I love bumblebee, bumblebee tuna. It's not bumblebees, it's only tuna. Yeah. <laughs> Except when it is bumblebees. Except when it is bumblebees. Oh. They do like one of those golden ticket Charlie and the Chocolate Factory contests each year where yeah. it's just bees inside of your tin, but you don't get a prize. <laughs> if it was bumblebees, that would be great. I love bumblebees. I pet a bumblebee once. It was one of the best experiences of my life. They are sweet and fuzzy. That's They're for sweet sure. and fuzzy. They don't sting. They pollinate. They're the best. They are the best. We're gonna ship you know that. What else was I the vote best? yes. That was great, Will. That Thank that you. was very. Uh, it had a, a real Zucker feel to it, Thank which is you. it's tough to do. I think it's gonna be hard to follow up. I shipped the heck out of that. Do you want to try to follow it up, though, Jacob? I can try to follow it up. So what I've decided to do is uh, adapt the Fifty Shades <laughs> plot that I didn't get to do last time. Um, and we'll see how that goes. Um, so the beginning of my Zucker movie is uh, following a... It, Jacob, that, keep in mind that the Wayans brothers already did a Fifty Shades parody. It's it's not it's not really a Fifty Shades parody. It's it's a very adapted. I'm taking the basic beats of my Fifty, sh- 50 Shades pitch and uh, and and just switching it around. Um, and I I was gonna say that this it's it's I think because we watched Naked Gun recently, uh, the law enforcement angle and bumbling law enforcement agent um, is kind of gonna be fresh on my mind. Um, yeah, so that's going to be in my pitch, too. Okay. So basically, we're pitching the next Naked Gun movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What it, is that? Four, 44, what four, four and a fourth? 444 and a fourth. 400, yeah. 444 and a fourth, following the formula. Um, so this is... Uh, the main character in our film is a... Uh, an FBI agent, a, a fresh-faced new FBI agent, 
played by uh, Aaron Moriarty of of the boys. Um, and she her first case has been assigned to her, and it is to track down a uh, a bank robber. Uh, and general general uh, criminal who's been running rampage across the country, sticking up banks and uh, doing all sorts of crimes, maybe a kidnapping here and there. Um, but this this criminal is on the lamb, and in a sort of Clary Starling esque way, uh, Aaron has been our, our our main character. Let's give her let's give her a name. Let's give her a name. Because so I. I, I I feel like in listening to past pitches and just in knowing myself, I almost always refer to my characters as the name of the actor, and that is just amateur hour. <laughs> How about Sugarfoot McQueen? Sugarfoot McQueen. That's so good. Luke. Sugarfoot McQueen is on the t- on the tail of of this this criminal, and uh, at the beginning of the movie is following this criminal across the country. We may get one of those. Uh, one of those old maps of the U.S. with little dots tracking the criminal, and maybe a, a you know a, a, a dollar sign where where he's pulled a bank job. And uh, Sugarfoot's getting closer and closer to getting the man, um, but this criminal, who is played by mm. pregnant pause, I haven't picked somebody. Danny DeVito. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, character name, uh, uh, Frankie McNogood. No, not Frankie. Pretty good. He can't be Frankie. He will be uh, Slimy McNogood. So Slimy, his MO is to grease himself up and slide through the vents of banks <laughs> and hit the vault uh, so that he doesn't have to doesn't have to alert anybody to the fact this is going on so you can clean out these banks and nobody is any the wiser. So he just slides through the vaults and then pops back up in the vault with the money, uh, greases up the bag and slithers away like the Grinch. Um, and uh, so really what, what, uh, what I've already forgotten the, the FBI agent's name, Sugar. Sugar Sugarfoot McQueen. Sugar what McQueen? Sugarfoot. Sugarfoot, Sugarfoot is is following a, a literal slimy trail <laughs> that this this slimy criminal has left behind. Um, is the criminal referred to as the snail? He is the snail. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man! And in in the media, he is known as the world's fastest snail because <laughs> although he leaves this slimy trail behind him, he's very quick on his feet and uh, surprisingly deft for a man of his age and shape. Um, but Lightfoot McSnail. Lightfoot Lightfoot McSnail. <laughs> We're given too many character names now. Lightfoot McSnail. Uh, he he wises up to the fact that there's a an FBI agent following his trail, and so he decides that what he must do is flee the country. So uh, he slides his way on down to to Florida, and. In in a in a hilarious slapstick way, uh, I don't know, steals a boat, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so like he comes to he's comes to the marina and he's decided that he needs to switch up his mo because uh, what he's been doing in the past, uh, people have wised up to it, and so they they know to look for a small, rotund, slimy man. Uh, so he 
he finds an accomplice. He goes around uh, looking for somebody who can who can join him, um, and and help out so that he's not quite as recognizable anymore. And he stacks himself on top of that guy, puts a big old trench coat on, and goes to a boat rental place. Um, so we got two two fellas in a trench coat. Um, and you know, some wacky hijinks could happen there for sure. So Did they have a fake this, ID? They have a fake ID. Bigfoot McBoat. <laughs> Bigfoot McBoat is the, the name on their fake ID. And they're combined like eight feet tall. And, uh, maybe things are going real swimmingly and the, the boat person isn't suspicious at all. Uh, but then some of the, uh, the grease that Slimy always keeps keeps on him spills oh no on the ground and so the guy that he's stacked on top of slips and they come tumbling down uh (laughs) and are exposed for the the two two people that they just are you know what his accomplice is going to be his is going to be danny devito's real life wife Rhea perlman oh perfect Um, and she's she's going to be the one on top because i think the two of them combined would be you know a slightly taller than average human being uh, but yeah, Rio will be on top, and uh, what happens is actually Slimy is not, he doesn't spill the grease, but he's just so nervous, and also hot because he's in this overcoat. And, and because, because he's physically attractive. And because he is physically attractive, he is attracted by himself. Oh yeah, he's hot. <laughs> yeah, oh I yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But basically he slips in a pool of his own sweat, and they come tumbling down like a house of cards, and the boat the boat rental person is like, Hey, wait a minute. You're not one slightly taller than average human. You're two slightly shorter than average humans. I can't rent you a boat. And so for the first time, slimy and his bride who actually, I'm going to retcon the fact that along his way, he wooed Rhea Perlman and they became a little bit of a Bonnie and Clyde duo. Um, with Rhea coming in dressed in a, in a revealing dress to distract all the tellers and customers while Slimy was going in through the vents and taking the banks for everything that they had. Um, but for the first time, they have to kill this boat person. They had been a strictly nonviolent para, para felons up until this point. But in the heat of the moment they decide that they need to take down the boat rental person. So they take them down <laughs> um, and steal a boat and uh, head to Aruba. Uh, now Sugarfoot, meanwhile, had still been on the trail and arrives at the Marina just moments after uh, slimy and slimy and slimy and slimella uh, eventually or are they they're they're leaving they can see them in the boat she can see them in the boat leaving and so she hops in a boat of her own and gives chase yeah um, and so now we got a a full-on boat chase to aruba i don't know how far it is from florida to aruba probably pretty far you want yeah. to look that up luke i'm looking it up as we speak so the, the, during the boat chase uh Again, all sorts of hijinks can be afoot. So uh, maybe it'll turn out that Rhea has a hidden power, or Slimella has a hidden power where she can talk to uh, sea animals. <laughs> and so she like convinces swordfish and and dolphins and uh, and all sorts of things to fling themselves at Sugarfoot uh, in the boat behind. Um, 
and you know, so Sugarfoot is is battling these sea creatures that are coming to roost in her boat. Uh, after after a t- after a time, it's just a boat that's full of wriggling animals. Um, yet she is still in the chase, and so they basically maintain the same exact distance between them for the entire time that it takes to get to Aruba. <clears throat> So Sugarfoot, like, pretty much immediately Sugarfoot has very nearly caught up to them and is, like, ten feet behind, but she just can't get that extra boost to catch up. So we have, like, a a many days long boat chase in which Sugarfoot is just ten feet behind them and (laughs) trying her her darndest to to split the gap and, and, uh, and catch up. I guess she's, like, maybe lost her gun or something, so she can't actually take them down. Does um, she try like during this time to fashion like a ten foot gangplank? Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, she she does that, and she's about to cross it when uh, <laughs> from from the hold of the boat pops a, a stowaway, and wouldn't you know it, it's a beaver, and the beaver <laughs> chews through the gangplank <laughs> just as she's about to cross it, and she is uh. foiled. And Just the perfect stowaway for that situation. Exactly. Or, depending on your perspective, the exact opposite of perfect. It's lackey. <laughs> it's lackey. <laughs> um, but oh, okay, I should wrap this up pretty pretty quickly here. So they they eventually get to Aruba. There's a foot chase on the beach, um, and what what happens is. The the people so the, uh, it's Aruba. I'm guessing there's a lot of tourists about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're gonna get some uh, we're gonna get some foolish tourists on the beach in Aruba. Are you still looking up how far it is to Aruba, Luke? Yep, and I'm failing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I got it. We get some little. Uh, you, little um, it's not something you can just put in Google Maps because they don't do boat routes. Do they not? What about walking and swimming? What about flying? But they're not flying in the movie. They're not. But oh, that yeah. would get you a that would get you a rough distance. All right, that doesn't matter. Can, We've do arrived you know the... at Aruba. We've arrived in Aruba. Oh, I thought you wanted to know how many days it would take. I do want to know how many days it would take, but the, I, I stalled for as long as I could during the boat ride, and you still couldn't give me an answer. <laughs> okay, Florida is twelve hundred and eighty-four <laughs> miles away from Aruba. 1,284 miles, say we got a couple of couple of boats that are going, I don't know, 30 miles an hour, take about 40 hours. So it's a, it's a good day, night, day, part of a night. And they arrive in Aruba. And as they arrive on Aruba, there is a, uh, there's a party going on on the beach that they end up on. And uh, people are fucking everywhere. Uh, there's there's lots of little kind of as we arrive in Aruba, there's little vignettes of uh, you know people being tourists being super ignorant and and treating the the local people like shit, local people who are just trying to trying to get by. Um, but all all done goofily. This is not serious. It's just it's just some goofy, a little bit of, a little bit a little bit of goofiness. Um, and so. Uh, Slimy and Slimella try to uh, blend in with the crowd. Did I mention that this was a nude beach? I assumed. assumed. It's a nude beach. Oh my god, that's going to be zany. I don't recognize any other type of beach as a beach. (laughs) Danny and Slimy and Slimella, uh, they... uh, 
they strip down. Uh, Agent Sugarfoot at first doesn't want to doesn't want to strip down, but everyone's looking at her like she's a freak. So she she pops it off, uh, running around naked, and now she is in this sea of naked bodies. And uh, slimy oh, and slimy and slimella are doing their best to fit in. And as I said, there's a big sex party going on the beach, so you know they're going at it. <laughs> And uh, just trying to be, uh, trying to fit in. Um, and so Sugarfoot spends a long time, like, going to couples and, like, pulling the two of them apart and looking them up and down and being like, no, you can't be the ones. Um, and lots of wackiness ensues from this. Uh, she is propositioned several times, but she is, <laughs> and although there are many sweaty, handsome, muscular men who want to go to pound town with her. She, uh, she has a singular focus, which is to find slimy and slimella and make them pay for their crimes. Um, but the, the, the scope of this party is so vast that it takes her a very long time. And eventually she has gone to every, every copulating couple and (laughs) ruled them out. And she is just, she's furious because she doesn't know, uh, she doesn't know what to do now. She's she's uh, she's interviewed everyone, and nobody is the right person. So she's thinking dark thoughts that she might have to give up. Yes, yeah, I see what you're doing, Luke. I'm wrapping it up. <laughs> um, what has happened is uh, because of all the the hot sex going on, it's gotten it's gotten slimy, a sweating, and it turns out that oh, all of these years of using grease and slime uh, have turned his sweat to basically grease um and he has left a trail and uh, is everyone else f- using that as lube everyone else is using that as lube and that's that's how she she finds the start of the trail at first she's like all right well i've i've done everything but now everybody's just like in a big writhing mass like this it used to be <laughs> you know they're following the the idiom of sex is best when it's one-on-one but now everybody's just going at it all in one big pile and it turns out that this <laughs> was the spot where slimy and slimella had been straight fucking um and there was a lot of residual grease but there's a trail of grease that leads off into the woods and sugarfoot it, it, with great trepidation, follows this kind of, <laughs> kind of wriggles <laughs> along the path. Uh, I don't know. She sprained her ankle or something, she, so she's not able to to walk normally. So she kind of slides along the path like a penguin uh, <laughs> until she finds uh, Slimy and Slimella exhausted from the chase and all the the hot sex uh, in the bush, passed out. And she takes them in, puts them on the boat, and brings them back to America. They all arrive naked as the day they were born, and uh, the basically the boss of the FBI is there to say, "Well done, Sugarfoot, got him again." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm gonna stop there. I Perfect. loved it. Love the nudity. I sh- ship it wholeheartedly. Alright, thank you. Me too. Uh, there's nothing like a new Danny DeVito. There really yeah. isn't, yeah. There's nothing like, I mean, that's that that sells it to me immediately. I didn't there's like just, that there was at least one scene that featured him wearing clothes, but... Yeah. There, it was just I the still one, ship though. it. 
Yeah. It was just the one scene. Yeah. We'll edit that out in okay. post. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> just imagine that he was naked the entire time. That's what I did. <laughs> Please recommend your friends to listen to our podcast. We'd really love it. It would mean a lot if they give us a shot. It don't take a lot of fun to listen to our podcast. We're just talking. And sometimes there's songs. Okay. We're on a time crunch, so I'm going to speed through this. But this is why you do not... I'm sorry. I I have nobody to blame but myself. Picture this. The year is 1979. Picture this. I'm there. We're entering a new NBA season. Mm. Picture this. An era of professional basketball before superstars had such crazy bloated salaries. I'm picturing it, Luke. Mm -hmm. So there's one man on this team. Uh, Help me think of a name. Uh... Uh... For both the man and the team. The team is the the Granite City Growlers. And the and the man's name is uh, R- Reggie Starburns. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie Starburns, who's trademark Starburns, are known throughout the NBA. Is he's really just a bench player for yeah. the Growlers? Uh-huh. Um, and he doesn't make enough money to really feel comfortable. So he moonlights as a private eye. Yes, he does. One day, a couple weeks into the season, one of the members of the Granite starting five, the Growlers, sorry. No, that's all right. Is uh, killed in the team's sauna. Brutally murdered. Oh, no. Is he trapped in there? Trapped in there, boiled to death by the heat of the sauna. Yikes. And the police come in and they're like, oh, this is just a classic, classic. 1979 sauna accident. We don't have this <laughs> sauna technology figured out yet. <laughs> These things are death traps. I keep on telling my wife and she just wants one. There's a newspaper article saying leading cause of death remains saunas. <laughs> <laughs> but Starburns, he knows there's something fishy going on here. So he takes it upon himself to look into this case. And much like with Naked Gun, you get the the classic noir narration as he goes about uh, investigating. But over the course of the season, one by one, more members of his team are getting picked off. And whenever he feels like he's getting close to capturing the suspect, he uh, it's just a red herring. He has to look another direction. <laughs> is it a literal red herring? It is. Oh, every wow, every time he suspects the, the same herring. Played by the Fishman actor from Will's movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's a tie-in. But then, paired with this, we get a lot of uh, zany basketball scenes. Mm -hmm. And 79-80, that was the year that uh, the three-point line was introduced. So there's this one guy on the team who's become like a Steph Curry type guy. But uh, it's it's crazy zany because nobody else plays like that. So he's sure. just draining half court threes like it's nobody's business, but everybody he's else kind of, is kind of like a pistol Pete type. He is a pistol Pete type. Shotgun Shelly. And uh Starburns is really upset because <laughs> Shotgun Shelly. He's getting so good that they don't need to replace 
any of the other members of the team <laughs> in the starting five, even though they're dying. That that answers my question, which was, isn't this good for Starburns as a No, it's, it's not good for Starburns okay. because <laughs> Shotgun <laughs> Shelly is so good that uh, Starburns is still sitting on the bench. Oh, boy. Um, and Shotgun Shelly is setting records left and right. He's become like a, a style icon. Sure. He keeps getting shorter and shorter shorts. <laughs> and then everyone around the planet is doing the same thing to imitate Shotgun Shelly. <laughs> He's rocking a bowl cut. All the kids start rocking bowl cuts, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He does a disco dance move before he shoots each free throw. <laughs> um, but then eventually, uh, I forget our main dude's name, Starburns. Starburns. Yes. Starburns starts to suspect Shotgun Shelly himself. Because Shotgun Shelly's fame wouldn't have been possible if he wasn't in the spotlight. Right. So, Shotgun catches up with Shotgun Shelly one day as he's practicing his long-distance threes after Starbur- a workout. Starburns? Yeah, yeah, I'm struggling here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he confronts Shotgun Shelly, and he says, Shotgun, I think it's you who's killing all of our teammates. And Shotgun Shelly ties him up beneath the basketball hoop. Oh, And no. starts shooting threes. No! <laughs> oh, my God. No. And the balls keep landing oh on Starburn's God. head, bringing him closer and closer to death. This, is this reminds me so much of the Big If Part 4. Exactly. The Big If 3 Part 4. Death by free throw is the most painful way to die. <laughs> but it's not the most painful way to die because threes are even more painful. That's true. <laughs> They're coming in even hotter. Coming in even hotter. Dang. So, Starburns manages to bend over, wriggle his head down to his torso where the the rope begins, and use his pointy sideburn to cut (laughs) (laughs) through the rope. (laughs) And he frees himself. He catches a basketball as it's ripping through the net. And he says to uh, Shotgun Kelly. Oh my god, there's a great one-liner incoming. If you have one, please say it, because I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, looks like the ball's in the other hand. Not now. That's, that's no good. Looks like, I don't know. You may, you may be good at free throws. Three-pointers. But you've... you've <laughs> shit, well, that ruins it. <laughs> I was going to say, you may be good at free throws, but you're about to lose your freedom. That's pretty it's good. Decent. It's decent. It might be, about, maybe Starburns how about doesn't really understand basketball that well. <laughs> sometimes two is better than three. And then he dribbles straight at uh, Shotgun Kelly. That grabs him in one arm, keeps dribbling, jumps up, and slam dunks both the ball and <laughs> Shotgun Kelly through the hoop at the same time, and they get stuck wedged together. <laughs> And his, his head and the ball are, like, both stuck in the rim and his body is dangling beneath. Yeah, and I guess uh, <laughs> that's the end of the movie. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, man. Well, that that also gave me a really good feel. I feel like uh, a lot of the really good satires are uh, period pieces like that, you know? They're, they're making fun of a certain decade, and I feel like you did a lot of making fun of the 70s in that one, and I think... 
I think it really gave me the feel. It gave me the feel, too. I'm shipping it. I'm shipping it. Well, that's all for today, folks. Yeah. yeah I Stay guess safe so. out there. Stay safe. Stay what healthy. Are we doing, what are we doing next week? Or in half a week? Um, good question, Well, <laughs> Food. Yeah, let's do food. food. Let's do a food-related one. We'll keep it nice and open. That can mean whatever y'all want. Yeah. Man, by that point... We're really going to be desperate for something that's not like plain pasta or rice and beans. Yeah, or... yeah. it's going to be, I mean, much as the Fifty Shades one gave got us overly horny in this crisis. Um, this one's going to get us overly horny again. Horny, horny for, for food. food. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right. Find us on all the major social platforms at pitch underscore hunt. Uh, check us out at pitchhunt.org. Send us an email, info at pitchhunt.org. Jacob at pitchhunt.org. Luke at pitchhunt.org. Yeah, you got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, stay pitchy out there, folks. Stay pitchy out Stay there. pitchy. We love you. We love you. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.